Limerick Today with Joe Nash on Live 95. Now, the Kunanakashin Road Project, yes, we have been debating it a lot on this show over the last couple of weeks. Highly, highly controversial. And uh, speaking of podcasts, Live95.ie has lots of the podcasts of various interviews that we've done on it. Um, we interviewed Brian Ledden, uh, the Green TD for Limerick City, on Monday's show. And uh, at that point, he clarified uh, that as far as he and more importantly, the Green Minister and leader of uh, the party, uh, Eamon Ryan, the Minister for Transport, um, would be in favour of, and it seems permitting, two-thirds of the road, which they say would deal with uh, the connectivity issue that people are worried about in Moiros to go ahead. But the other third of the road that had previously been approved and was part of the project, uh, they wanted to look at again because they believe that with extra funding coming nationally, that light rail and public transport and other things, that they could improve this plan and that has led to a serious reaction including from uh, Paddy Flannery uh, of Moiros Enterprise Centre on the show on Tuesday morning and from many others. There's a lot going on on social media, a lot of tweeting, a lot of virtual uh, meetings uh, happening uh, as well and uh, Minister of State Niall Collins has been in touch with us to say that the road scheme was discussed last night at the Fianna Fáil Parliamentary Party meeting. The Taoiseach said apparently to uh, TDs that he's working to resolve this and Niall Collins says that he wrote to the Taoiseach on the 13th of January seeking a resolution um, and uh, Councillor John Sheehan of uh, Fine Gael is on the line. Uh, there was a meeting of Fine Gael uh, TDs and senators and councillors for Limerick and Clare on this whole road saga last night and uh, John good morning to you. Uh, good morning, Joe. Good so morning, wh- listeners. What was the sense among elected representatives uh, uh, in Limerick and Clare of Fine Gael to where this is going and what you want done? Well, I suppose uh, to start with, um, the Fine Gael councillors on uh, Limerick City and County Council are very frustrated with what's happening at the moment with um, Minister Ryan's intervention uh, in this uh, project. Um, we've all put quite a lot of man hours and work into uh, not alone Kona, Nakhchivan, but into the the distributor road, the Limerick uh, distributor road, which you know took a lot of debate, took a lot of um, of towing and fawing to get it across and, the and line. And was quite a controversial project in and of itself. Quite a controversial project, which actually finished up in a in, in the end of it. The connectivity of it, Joe, is still to be ironed out completely. Uh, the part eight, the part eight went through, but. There's a triangular piece there in, in where the connectivity of it to the Mackey roundabout and that. Um, that all has to be kind of ironed out in my book yet anyway. But aside from that, we put a lot, a lot of work into that. And then we find, and this, you know, going and off machine has gone on uh, with many, 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 many years in the previous city council and all that. And then um, we've, we've, we've all our ducks in a row. Uh, a few Bob has come into the state again after a bad downturn in the... Uh, Ten years ago, and um, money is there to to do this to do part of this project. And lo and behold, we get a we get a green element into the government, and they decide under the um, review of the national development plan, which is only a monetary review now. It's nothing got to do with the structural review of um, of the national development plan. Uh, this is Michal McGrath, Minister for Public Expenditure, having a relook at at the 115 billion that was earmarked 
were with the National Development Plan Project 2040 when it came out first. And lo and behold, their Minister Ryan decides we're going to have a look at this and uh, a rethink about uh, right. the distributor role. So uh, I suppose the it, point here, John... Now, actually, in, yeah, but, uh, but let's, let's just so. clar- be clear about this. Um, what would the, in your view, the consequences of this be if the minister decided to allow two-thirds of the road and as advanced works done on it to go ahead, but stalled on the final third? What would it require? Would it require retendering? There's a suggestion uh, from um, activists in Moiras that it would require a return to onboard Planola, that it would increase costs, um, and that it, in actual fact, the whole road would have to be looked at again. Yeah, you're spot on, Joe. Look, you know, there's a couple of aspects to this. On board Penala mentions the road in its entirety. That's actually a direction by on board Penala um, in, 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 its, in its findings. That's there for anybody to see on, uh, on the public website. Um, any deviation from the contract could put us in trouble with, with contracts that have already been signed. Any deviation from dual carriageway down to single carriageway could warrant a complete redrawing and back to the drawing board again as if we were only starting on a preliminary basis again to start owning the knock machine. It would also involve new screening because it does, if you change the parameters you have to do the you have to do all the screening again which involves the environmental screening and so on and so forth. And I believe this is where the Greens want to go. They want to throw out this this uh, trout that they're 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 in favour of two thirds of the road now which is only, which brings you into the back of Delmage Park going nowhere after that then as such. And I want to throw out that that, that uh, trout now because they're after being cut out by Sinn Féin and the Labour in relation to um, the regeneration um, uh, guide uh, recommendations in the uh, in the Fitzgerald report. And they don't they want to kowtow now to, to that as well. Okay. So, well, 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 let's, let's, let's get to the core of this, though. because nothing got to do with environment, that this is totally political now. Well, 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 you see, again, I mean, that's a matter of debate, and Brian Lennon had a different view on it, and we, we gave him his opportunity on, on Monday's show. Uh, we're talking to Councillor John Sheehan uh, of uh, Fine Gael. So, uh, the Oireachtas members and the city and county councillors in Limerick and Clare had your meeting, and you wanted signed off and proceeded with by Minister Eamon Ryan in its original format. Now, as we well know... Fine Gael and Fianna Fáil are in the majority in this three-way coalition. And both Fianna Fáil and Fine Gael are saying that they want the same thing. It's signed off. But it doesn't look as though it's going to happen, John. It looks as though the Minister for Transport is using um, his uh, power as the Minister and, of course, as leader of the Green Party to say, no, two-thirds of it and we're going to review the final third. But Andrew, that's why I called, as group leader, I convened this meeting and included the Clare Oireachtas members and Clare councillors on this because everyone needed to be in the one voice and this as such. I wanted to, to find out, number one, what the um, our Oireachtas members had done about it in relation to putting the pressure on the Taoiseach, or sorry, the Tarnashta, to, um, to speak to the Taoiseach, to speak to Minister Ryan and this three-way government because on this issue, the tail is wagging the dog at the moment, and um, they all have written, and they've all, they've all written to their respective um, party leaders. Um, I just had a clip, you, the, the parliamentary party in Fianna Fáil last night came out with something similar. They've all written to uh, Michal Martin. Uh, our Iraqis members have written to uh, Leo Varadkar, but uh, um, the purpose of last night really was to find out what they had done and ask him to intervene again today. 
Right. Now, now this is a very big issue locally. Okay, but uh, we remember um, a a former Taoiseach, uh, Albert Reynolds, once saying that you get the big things right and it's the little things that trip you up. On a national basis, compared to the COVID challenge, perhaps there are people who don't see this as as this big a deal. Bottom line is, um, the Taunashta and the Taoiseach as leader of Fine Gael and Fianna Fáil, prepared to push this with the leader of the Green Party, the, you know, the, the real politics at work here, to get this done? Or in the end, will they swallow it, regardless of what you think, because they want to keep the three-way coalition going? Well, I think, I think there's actually the, the other way around. Will, will, will Minister Ryan want to, uh, to hang his hat on Kuhn and Knock Machine? Uh, a very small project, which is only four or five kilometres long, the whole... Northern Distributor Road from Kona to Anakati is only about 14 kilometres long. Is he going to hang his hat on 14 kilometres of road without looking at the bigger prize of what he wants to do to bring in um, uh, a green environment? Okay, so you you think you think he'll back down and soon? Well, that's what I would be saying to him. I, say, I know it's what I, you're I, saying, but I mean, will it happen? But I'm not. Hold on a second, now, Joe. I'm not the Taoiseach at the time. But if I was Taoiseach and tarnished at, at the moment. And I was in a three-way coalition with 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 Eamon Ryan. I would be sitting him sitting him down at his desk now, on a, a for a car deal meeting, and telling him, look, a, you know, don't be hanging your hat on something on something as small as this. Like, the, but you you know, though, but you know full well, the Taoiseach and the Tonish are not going to take the ultimate sanction against Eamon Ryan or pulling the plug on a coalition in the middle of a pandemic over the Coon and Ochlachine Road project. They're just not going to do it. But the minister will just sit in his hands. He'll say, no problem, lads, but I'm the minister for transport. I can sign off on this and I'm going to do it as I see fit. Yeah, well, the last time, the last time, uh, the last time I looked, Joe, we were living in a democracy. Ah, yeah, but everyone keeps saying that. But the bottom line is, democratically, he is the minister for transport. That's all he is. That's all he is. Appointed, appointed by, by the... Um, um, parliamentary party of Fine Gael, Fianna Fáil and the Greens. That's how he became minister. So what are you going to do? Fire him? You're going to fire the leader of the Green Party if he doesn't do this? Well, I, I'm, I don't know what, what they want to do above there, but I just want to make the point that the tail is wagging the dog here and it's time that everybody... I, I know, and I get that, John, in fairness. And a lot of people have made exactly the same point. But, like, but... Joe, should there's no point in having the conversation if, 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 if we don't put pressure on somebody to do something? And I understand all of that too. But the, the bottom line on this is... What's the outcome going to be? Because, you know, you can say what you like on this radio station. Other members, other politicians of different parties can. But right now, where it stands is, well, no, not, one's, I, no one seems to be able to get the minister to move I'll on put this. It to, I'll put it to another way, Sir Joe. I can't, I can't control the mind of Michal Martin or, or Leo Varadkar. But from the frustration that I had last night amongst my um, um, uh, members on Limerick City and County Council and the frustration I had from the Clare Rockless members and councillors that were on that um, uh, Zoom meeting last night, that you know, it is time that that um, Michal Martin and Leo Varadkar did have that chat with Eamon Ryan on, on, a, on an issue that is in, that is quite small in the general scope of things. If you want, if you want to bring green policy into the into into Irish government. So, okay, all right. Well, like, well, you know, this, this thing about light rail is a case to leave horses and get grass. Right, you know what okay. I mean? Okay, well, listen, thank you very much for giving us that update on that meeting that took place last night of Fine Gael or Octus members and city and county councillors in Limerick and Clare on the Coon and Road saga. That is Fine Gael councillor John Sheehan. 
Call Limerick Today now on 46 The Live Drive with thanks to Limerick Motor Centre, your local main Hyundai dealer, Bally Simon Road. For your new or used car, check out LimerickMotorCentre.ie. The Live Drive, weekdays from 4. Are you worried that someone you love is in suicidal distress? It's so hard to know how best to help. When you recognise the signs of suicide, you can help a loved one begin their journey out of the darkness and towards hope. Go to pieta.ie to learn the warning signals and see the simple steps that you can take to help. All Pieta services are free. There's no judgement and no referral needed. No suicide. Know the signs. Pieta. Ending suicide. Beginning hope. When you find the right home, you want nothing to get in your way. That's why Leia Life offer mortgage protection in minutes, not weeks. Our fast, straightforward mortgage protection application process is the best way to keep your mortgage moving. No paperwork or medical, just a few simple questions and you're covered in an instant. Starting at €2.33 per week. For mortgage protection that's streets ahead, visit leialife.ie or call 1890 907 100. Insurance provided by IPTQ Life SA. Leia Healthcare Limited, trading as Leia Life and Leia Healthcare, is regulated by the Central Bank of Ireland. It's huge. It's historic. And it's here. Join Trevor Welch on Live95.ie as we bring you the Premier League live, exclusively online. This Saturday, Aston Villa v Arsenal from 12.30. Newcastle United v Southampton from 3. Fulham v West Ham United from 5.30. And Man United v Everton from 8. The Premier League live online. Powered by TalkSport and with thanks to Now TV. Stream all the action from Sky Sports on the now TV Sky Sports Pass. Listen every Saturday by downloading the Live 95 app or see live95.ie. Limerick Today with Joe Nash on Live 95. Uh, now, with the lockdown in place, of course, we miss having familiar faces in the studio for a chat, but it doesn't mean we can't catch up with them and see how they're getting on in this, what, lockdown 3.0. And Barry Murphy of Hermitage Green is uh, on the line. Morning to Barry. How are you? Hello, Barry. How are you doing? Okay, I can hear Barry in the background, but uh, I'm not sure that uh, Barry can hear uh, me for some reason. Uh, So we will see what we can do with that. And uh, in the meantime, I'm going to play a Hermitage Green song. And uh, this one appeals to me because of its nostalgia, I think. uh, And it is The Kerosene Light. I remember the time when my granddad and I would sit by the fire at night And I'd listen to stories Of how we once lived By the glow of the kerosene light By the glow of the kerosene light He said, Mom and Dad Set me off to school where I'd learn how to read and to write And they listen for hours as I read from my books 
by the glow of the kerosene light. By the glow of the kerosene light. Your grandma and I, we were wet at 16. Lord, she was a beautiful sight. Was proudly I placed a ring on her hand by the glow of the kerosene light. By the glow of the kerosene light. About one year later, your daddy was born. Your grandma held my hand so tight. The joy as he brought for new life by the glow of the kerosene light. By the glow of the kerosene light. Having a child, it did weaken her soul. She just wasn't up to the fight. She looked so peaceful as she went to her rest By the glow of the kerosene light By the glow of the kerosene light Then is now the times they were hard To succeed you would try all your mind Well, sometimes love Sometimes dreams die by the glow of the kerosene light. By the glow of the kerosene light. By the glow of the kerosene light. Yeah, one of my favourite songs actually from Hermitage Green, the kerosene light uh, from a previous live performance here in the Limerick Today studio. And if I've managed to get through to Barry Murphy now, hi Barry, how are you? Hi, Joe. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. I really love that. I mean, for, for reasons of nostalgia, um, yeah. but also family. I mean, s- since you've had kids, would a song like that mean more to you? Uh, yeah, I suppose. I don't sit at home singing to them anyway. <laughs> <laughs> at the but, moment, uh, no. But not now. But I look, it, it does. I, I suppose it's a very emotional song. Um, and no matter how many times you sing it, uh, it still carries the same weight, and even listening to it there, I, I'd forgotten we'd done that in with you, and it's uh, that's I, that's a good while ago we, we recorded that, and um, oh, it brings me back to when we could actually do gigs, and like I said, we've played that that song at every gig probably for the last five or six years, and uh, even in King John's Castle, we 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 plugged out everything and we huddled around one microphone at the front of the stage, and. Uh, and I'll never forget that moment when you can still have those emotional moments, even with a large crowd, and and sing a song. And it always seems to capture, uh, I don't know, everyone's emotion. And it does. The first thing you do is think of family or or, or maybe lost loved ones or something. And <clears throat> it's powerful, I suppose. It, you know, it, we didn't write that song. It was the song we heard um, in probably Vancouver back in 2013, and. I just come, I was blown away by it when I heard it. a band from Nova Scotia sing it. And uh, yeah, we've kind of adopted it since. Mm, beautiful, really, really lovely uh, song. So Barry, what is 
this lockdown like compared to the others um, for you? Um, I'm kind of I'm in a good place for this one. I think Joe, I was uh, I kind of struggled with the first few, not really I suppose being used to them and not knowing what the where the where we were going to go with this or when we were going to come out of it. But I think with this one, I've ever since probably before Christmas, I've kind of had uh, since the vaccine was announced and I kind of was preparing for this and I'm just gotten in I'm, I'm that kind of annoying person who's gotten in a good routine I suppose and I'm, I'm trying to be as you know as positive as possible for the whole thing and uh, I've really gotten in a good routine with this one I'm, I'm working hard and as I said I've young kids now I've tw- we've twins here uh, that are 18 months and just loving like you know, as I said, trying to find the positives and the positive. One positive side of, of the whole year has been that I spend every day with them for a year, which I wouldn't have had at all if if we were touring and and uh, you know every uh, little stepping stone they've made, and I've loved every second of that. And uh, yeah, and no, I'm just uh, getting into a decent routine, of work and stuff here as well. And I think parents listening will remember all the joys of that, the challenges of it as well at that age. But I suppose the <laughs> one thing you don't have to worry about is the homeschooling problem. This, I know, and I do. My heart goes out to people that have to do that and work at the same time. And I think we're in a, we're lucky that they're, they're only 18 months, so there's, there's none of that. It's playtime, really, which I'm uh, more than happy to go out on the road and throw a ball around with them or just get in the garden and get muddy. That's pretty much the most I have to do with them. So, uh, the late nights sometimes when you're up at three o'clock in the morning uh, climbing the walls with them is a bit crazy but um, look that's all part of it and, and uh, they're very good to be honest they're good crack as well so they're keeping us you know they're they're un- completely unaware that there's a pandemic going on obviously yes. so they're just the happiest two little kids in the world and we're just and uh, learning from them really to, to relax and just chill with them yeah. And, and Barry, I mean, it, it sounds like in the place that you're in at the moment, in your head, that you're looking ahead with optimism. You know, you're try, trying to see uh, when Hermitage Green will, will be doing what it loves doing again. Yeah, I think, um, you know, <clears throat> with the vaccines coming out and, and not, you know, not to get too technical, but I, th- I think we've seen the worst of of, of the pandemic, really, you know, with um I would hope with this lockdown that where numbers will drop sufficiently and uh, if they say the vaccines will be rolled out by the end of the summer or maybe the start of um, autumn, then we can start booking gigs for, I would say the summer is still out of the question to book gigs, um, to be honest. And then, but you know, be optimistic that by October, November, we can get back to full rooms. I mean, I don't really want to go back to half capacity, Joe. I've no real interest in it. I really... I want it to be when we're back, we're back um, full, fully fledging in a big big venue, full crowds and it's heaving and that moment when we first step out on stage and we play a note and the crowd are, are there, I, I just can't wait for that and that's, that's mm-hmm. what's driving me through all of this is that it's going to be yeah, absolutely. I mean, can you imagine the energy of that first performance or indeed, and I know you do commentaries with us on Live 95, you know, the, the full yeah. Dorman parks of the world yeah, again and, yeah, you know, that, that exactly. first time that happens again. Yeah, I know. I can't wait. I mean, I'm already going through the set list in my head, honestly. God, I've, I've written it out with, with the band and kind of going, what would be the first, the biggest one that, that would get the, the biggest response and uh, 
opening song and uh, it's and it's those powerful visualizations or images that you can put in your head that really inspire me. And, and as I said, Tone Park, I've been to a few lonely games with uh, Dan Mooney over the last few months in Tone Park, which uh, as, uh, as much of a novelty as it is to be to be the only two people, either with Don O'Sullivan or with Dan Mooney, commenting over uh, a monster match. It's, it's the idea of a full-packed Tone Park, um, whether I'm commentating or just there as a as a fan, I just cannot wait for that. And I think, you know, that's that's going to be an incredible experience for all of us when we're safe to do it. I think yes, that's the key, yes, obviously, yeah. is that. We're safe. But I have to say, I mean, you, you and Dan have something going on. Did you guys work together briefly years ago or something? Uh, we worked in Maldarby's restaurant in uh, when Maldarby's was, was still there, which was, I'd say, 97, 98, maybe. Right. Uh, I was just out of school and... Uh, I got my job for to keep me, you know, in pockets when in college. And Dan was only about fifteen. I said, "What are you doing there?" Well, <laughs> <laughs> typical Dan Mooney was uh, singing to as a way he was a singing waiter. He would sing to all the Americans that would come in, and they'd give him fifty euro tips and all this. And uh, so he was still pulling the wool over people's eyes at that age. Um, whereas I was the most probably the most useless waiter to ever wait a table. But um, ah, look, we clicked back then. I just thought he was such a character, and obviously he's uh, he's grown into that as a commentator and as a writer. And every time we get together, we just have such a laugh. And he's such a passionate rugby man as well. He loves it. Yeah, he does. Yeah. I, 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 lo- I love commentating with him and Don as well, yeah. of course. No, it's great. Great. it's great. They're, they're, yeah. Yeah, so we really enjoyed it. And, and just with your rugby hat on, I mean, again, no crowds, but I, I presume you'll be doing in between everything else you're doing at home, watching the Six Nations. Yeah, well, I've myself and Andrew Trimble have started a podcast. We've been doing well. We've been doing it for about two years now, called Potholes and Penguins. Um, don't ask me about the name; it's a long story. Um, but uh, that's my kind of nine to five at the moment between writing and doing a little bit with Hunter Screen. We do two shows a week with. Uh, Myself and Andrew and, and Dermis Sheedy, the our drummer from Hermitage Green, is our producer extraordinaire. So, if anyone wants to tune into that, that's Sundays or uh, midweek. We do them as well. You get them on all the podcasts. But we basically take a little bit of a light-hearted view at uh, rugby and whatever else is going on in each other's lives. So, we, I'll be watching the, the rugby closely this weekend and. But we are mostly looking for a bit of crack and some sort of light-hearted way to look at it. But it's great to have, isn't it? Like I can't wait for us to have three games now, which is two over the weekend, and hopefully um, we see you know a decent performance from Ireland. That, that's what I want. Just want it to be entertaining at this point. I think a lot of the the chat has been about winning and stuff. I'm just like, just give us a decent, uplifting performance and. Uh, I'd be happy with that, you know. Yeah, couldn't agree with you more with that. Listen, great. Uh, thanks very much for letting us check in with you, uh, Barry Murphy of Hermitage Green, and check out that great podcast as well he was talking about uh, with Andrew T- Trimble, and you'll hear him doing co-commentaries here on Live 95 when uh, Munster are back in action. They have three games actually back-to-back at Thoman Park in March. Uh, great to chat to you, Barry. Thanks, Emil.